Well, amen. Well, uh, we do welcome you today. We're so glad we can sing his praises. Boy, I love that first song. When we walk through the woods and when we are able to see the birds or feel the wind, uh, we can sense that there is a God that loves us. Well, today we called our uh, service, our family worship service. Uh, the snow has changed some things around, but we still want to worship God, whether it be through our songs or whether it be through listening to God's word and allowing him to do a work in our life. I'm so glad that you have uh, joined us. Someone said that one of the biggest keys to success is just showing up. So I appreciate you being here today. Uh, we are looking forward to what God has in store. And so if you have your uh, uh, kids with us, uh, you know, they're fine. I hope they're uh, able to listen. But uh, let's make this just a, an enjoyable time together. We're going to talk about the importance of family in just a minute. If you're watching this alone, I, I want you to know that you are a part of the Choice family. And if you don't have uh, a physical family, we want to be there for you, a spiritual family. The Bible talks a lot about brothers and sisters and spiritual fathers and kinship and, and households. And so the spiritual family is key, and we welcome you uh, to the Choice family and want to help you to be connected as well. We're going to look at Deuteronomy 6 this morning, so go ahead and turn there, and I'm going to uh, pray for our service. All right, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to open up your word. We're blessed to live in this country with so many freedoms. Lord, we thank you for technology to be able to enjoy this time together. And Lord, we thank you for giving us your word to teach us. And I pray that we'd have a, a better understanding of how to walk and talk our Christianity before our family, before those that are around us. Lord, I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. You know, family is the building block of society. Family is key. Family is crucial. And in this time of social distancing, there's been so much isolation, so much disconnection that has happened. Uh, so I'm just glad that you are here with us. We think there's three kind of groups that are important, being a part of the large group. And so whether you're watching online or being here on site, being a part of a small group. And so we encourage you to sign up for The Real God. Uh, classes are starting uh, tomorrow and throughout the week. Just go to the, the, Choice, uh, face, uh, or the Choice website and you can get to our small groups or you can go uh, to the app as well and get to the material and sign up for one of the classes. And then the third group is a ministry group, getting involved as we move toward March. Uh, we've been thinking about this idea of finding a ministry and then every member of ministry Sunday is uh, in March. And so us finding a ministry. So we want you to be connected here. We want to help you. And let me tell you about Deuteronomy chapter six. The first five chapters, uh, we're learning that Moses called the children of Israel together. As he brings them together, he has something to tell them. We are getting ready to go into the promised land. Uh, God has brought us out of Egypt, and now it's time for us to go into the promised land. In chapter 5, he gives them the Ten Commandments. He's reminding them of what happened in the book of Exodus. And now we come to chapter 6, and he gathers the people together, and he has a very important message. And it's such an important message that Jews will recite this passage of Scripture on a regular basis. So it really is an important passage that when Jesus was asked about uh, the great commandment, he even goes back to this passage that we're going to look at. So it's really vital. And the book of Deuteronomy, if you look at that word, it kind of 
title looks like duet. And a duet is when two people are singing, right? So two, uh, Deuteronomy just simply means the second law. And so uh, Deuteronomy, Moses is reminding the children of Israel. He says, I want to remind you of some things that I've already told you. I'm just going to give it to you again before we head into the promised land. So I want you to know these promises. I want you to know of these expectations. He has several words here. He uses uh, the commandments, the statutes, the judgments, the testimonies. And so he's talking about God's word, the importance of God's word. Remember, the truth sets us free. And so we want to focus on truth. Where do we get truth? Well, the Bible tells us that truth comes through his word. His word is truth. And so uh, Moses is teaching in Deuteronomy 6. And let's pick up in verse 1. Now, this is the commandment. And again, look at how often this term is used. The commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments. He's all talking about God's word, which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you. So God wants us to understand his word, but it isn't just a book that we uh, put thoughts and knowledge in our mind. He says, I want to teach you that you may observe them. Remember the great commission simply says this, teaching them to observe. I want to make disciples, and it doesn't come just from getting uh, information or biblical content, but it is observing, living this out in our life. So uh, God says, I've commanded you to teach you that you may observe them in the land which you're crossing over to possess. So you're getting ready to go into the promised land. And I want you to live these things out. Here's what I want you to do, verse two. That you may fear the Lord your God. Now certainly God is such an awesome God that we can fear him. But it's more the idea of a reverence, a respect, a love, that just like my dad, I don't fear him, I'm not afraid of him, but I do fear letting him down. I don't wanna let my dad down. And my heavenly father, I don't wanna let down. We are to fear the Lord our God. How do we do that? By keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you. And then he says this, and you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that all your days may be prolonged. I want you to focus on yourself, and then focus on your children, and then focus on your grandchildren. This is what family is, isn't it? I want you to think about yourself spiritually, make sure you're pouring into your children, so one day they can pour into their children or your grandchildren. Remember that your children are going to be raising your grandchildren one day. And the way you treat your children is a good chance the way they're going to treat their children. And he says, I want you to pour into your children so they can pour into their children. So you can care for your sons and your son's sons. So you can deal with his heritage. Someone said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own family? What are you dedicated to? Are you dedicated to uh, playing video games or committed to your job or a hobby or something that's fun? Or are you committed to your family? Pour into your children and into your grandchildren. Focus on your family. This is what he's saying. Moses said, you're getting ready to go into the promised land. Care for your children. Now notice verse three. Therefore, hear. 
It's a key word here. Be attentive. Pay attention. I want you to listen what I have to say. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it. Again, living it out in your life for this reason, that it may be well with you. Why did God give them the Ten Commandments? Did he go through these lists and he said, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Did he say, I don't want you to do these things because it looks like a lot of fun and God uh, says, I don't want you to have fun. Certainly not. He's laying these things out because he says, I want you to be blessed. I want it to be well with you. Remember Jesus said that his yoke is easy. And the wise man said that the transgressor's life is hard. It's not easy living the Christian life, but I tell you what's difficult, hanging out at the bar or getting involved in drugs or having relationships that aren't going anywhere. There's a lot of things this world has to offer that's not going to get you anywhere. And Moses said, I want you to live according to God's commandments because God, he wants it to be well with you. He wants you to have a good life and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. I've got a beautiful life for you, a land flowing with milk and honey. I have some great blessings for you. I want it to be well with you. So again, he says in verse four, hear, pay attention. This is what I want you to get. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He is one Lord. The idea of it is there's not multiple gods. There's only one God. You can have idols, you can have false gods, but there's only one true God. He is the one and only. There is no other. He is holy. He is separate from everything else. He is above all. He is beyond all. He is all in all. And we are to worship him. This is the God that we serve. I want you to worship so your sons see it, so your grandsons see it, that your children see it and your, your grandchildren see it. I want this to be in your life. Hear, O Israel, focus on how awesome God really is. He is to be the preeminent one. How do we do that? Well, look at verse five. You shall love the Lord your God. How do I worship him? By loving him. God wants our affection. He wants our attention. Later in Deuteronomy 6, God says, I am a jealous God. Now, he's not like the mythological gods that uh, uh, maybe you've read about that are uh, quite human and quite sinful and have a lot of bad tempers and all kind of things, but he is a jealous God. He wants a relationship with you. He does not want you to put anything else above him because he is holy, remember. He is the one and only, and he wants our love. And you shall love the Lord thy God. Now, this, listen, this is the great commandment. We, we uh, in chapter five, have all 10 commandments, and the Jews would debate, which is the most important commandment? And they went to Jesus, and Jesus said, I'm going to Deuteronomy 6, 5, and I'll tell you, this is the most important commandment. Love God, right? How much? With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. He's saying, love me completely. I want it all. That's why uh, up on the, the stage here, we have two signs, love God and love people. Loving others, but beyond or before loving God, uh, people, we must love God. He is the preeminent one. 
And then he gives us verse 6. And these words which I command you today. Now notice, Moses is talking to the children of Israel. And he says these statutes, these judgments, these commandments, these precepts. All referring back to the scriptures. He says, I want this to be in your heart. Guess what? It starts with you. The idea of do what I say and not what I do will not work with your children. Your children will see hypocrisy. They'll see if you act differently at home than you act in front of other people. Yeah, they'll notice that. And so Moses says, if, if the family is the building block of society, and if you're getting ready to go into the promised land, and if you as a nation want to be blessed, you better have the right kind of families. And the only way you can have the right kind of family is if you do this. It is first in your heart. I know that children have a free will. They can make decisions on their own. But they make their decisions often and usually based on the atmosphere that you create in your own home. Do you have a calm home or do you have a very anxious home? Do you have a very loud home or do you have a peaceful home? Is there a lot of fighting or did they see love? Did they see you worshiping God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength? Or did they see you just doing your own thing, doing what you want? See, before we can ever pour into our sons and our grandsons, to the next generation and the future generations, it's first got to be in your heart. I mean, there needs to be a personal assessment Moms and dads, hey, think about this. When your children are acting up, I mean, they may be doing something wrong, but before you correct them, look back at yourself, maybe even look in the mirror and ask yourself this question. Are my children doing something? Do they have some flaw in their character because they see it in me? Well, they're saying some things they shouldn't be saying. Well, do I say some things I shouldn't be saying? They have some attitudes they shouldn't uh, be possessing. Do I have some attitudes that I shouldn't be possessing? You know, what a terrible thing when parents are yelling at their kids. They're yelling to correct their kids so they can have discipline while the parents are demonstrating anger, which is not discipline. See, make sure this is in your heart. And then and only then, notice verse 7. Then you will teach them diligently. I want you to teach diligently here. How do you do that? You shall teach them diligently to your children, and notice the next couple words, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way. How do you teach diligently? There's two words you use there. By the way you talk and by the way you walk. You want to have the right kind of example? Well, make sure that the things you're saying are what God would have you to say. Does the scripture, do the scriptures come out of your mouth? When your children uh, ask a question, do you go to the Bible and say, here's what God has to say? It's gotta be in your talk, but it also has to be in your walk. In this series, The, the Real God, that we will be uh, kicking off uh, next week and we start our small groups this week, we're going to look at several attributes of God. We're going to look at his goodness, his sovereignty, his holiness, his wisdom, that God is just, loving, and faithful. We're going to look at all these aspects. 
And one of the things that Chip Ingram, who put this material together, is encouraging us to do is to reclaim one day a week for dinner and devotions. Make sure you're faithful to church. Get connected to church, whether it be online or on site. Get involved in a small group. Have personal devotions. Learn more about who the real God is and see him as the way God wants you to see him, the real God. Not some idol in our mind, but the true God. Have personal devotions. And then fourth, have family devotions. If it applies to you, if you don't have a family, get connected with the young adults or the senior adults or some other small group and make sure uh, that you're involved there. But have some family devotion, some family time. Walk it out in your life. Talk it to your children. Notice what he says again. You shall talk of them. At what points? Now, we would have family devotions when my kids were growing up. Now, sometimes it would end up being like this. All right, now it's a spiritual time. Everybody sit down, shut up, and, and pay attention. And when I would tell them to sit down and be quiet, it was the worst time of all, right? Okay, sit down. They don't want to sit down then. Okay, listen up. They don't want to listen. They want to uh, giggle. They want to talk. They want to do something else. And uh, I, I do believe in having set times, but he goes beyond this and he says, I want you to talk to them, not just a few minutes in family devotion. Okay, here's regular life. All right, now sit down. It's spiritual time. No, everything should be a spiritual time. He said, I want you to talk when you're sitting in your house when you're walking by the way, when you're lying down or when you're rising up. Every moment of your life, wherever you are, give all of your heart to God. Let him be the focus when you're getting up in the morning or when you're going to bed at night, when you're going off to work or when you're coming home. Whatever the situation is, when I'm uh, tired and hungry and I've been sitting in traffic and I've been stressed out at work, talk it out, walk it out, live it out in your life. Let God do this great work in your life. Do it at all times and make sure it's part of your lifestyle as well. Now notice at verse 20, we're gonna wrap it up here. Moses said this to the children of Israel, you're getting ready to go into the promised land. And here's what your children and grandchildren are gonna do. When your son asks you in time to come, guess what? Children are inquisitive, aren't they? Whatever you're doing, your kids will come up and say, what are you doing? And you tell them and they say, why? That's what's going on. When your sons ask you, when your children ask questions, they're 12 years old and they wanna go spend the night at somebody's house and you say no, and they say, why? And you say back, because I said so. Now, I'm not saying there's never a point to say that. Sometimes it is. But when your kids ask you, as they grow up, Jesus didn't tell his disciples to do it because I told you. Just because I said so. He poured the word of God into them. And as your children grow up, can I have a phone? No. Why? We'll give them a reason. Can I drive the car and stay out till midnight? No. Why? We'll give them a reason. Can I go over to my friend's house? Well, no. Why? We'll give them a reason. And if you don't have a good reason, maybe you need to say yes. Certainly there are things they should not be doing, but there probably are some things that they can do. And we need to walk in wisdom and we need to walk according to the scriptures. When your children ask in time to come, give them a biblical reason. It's important to have a strong marriage. If we're going to pour into our children, 
having a strong marriage is key. Now, some of you, maybe through no fault of your own, are dealing with uh, some difficult situations, and, and certainly thank God for his grace. But as much as you possibly can, live at peace inside your marriage. I mean, God wants you to have a strong relationship. Without that, it is more difficult for your children. Have a strong marriage. Get involved in church. Be connected to church. Now, the church does not replace the family. I said the family is the building block of society. But get connected to church and partner along with them. It's not the church's responsibility to raise your kids, it's yours. But I don't believe you can do it alone either. That's why we gather together. We're a team. And use the abilities that God's given to you to help some others. Just think about the atmosphere that's in your home. The music that you listen to, the movies that are on, what happens online, dealing with stressful situations and problems, when the finances are low, when school's not what you expect, when work situations, when there's disagreements with people in the home. How are you gonna deal with it? By loving your spouse, and raising your kids to be joyful and obedient, to be God-focused. See, that's what the real God is about, and I hope you'll join us next week. Let me just say this. I really appreciate all the positive statements that people uh, have shared. Next Sunday, we are going to start a fully masked service during our nine o'clock service. And... I've heard from many of you that have said thank you for offering that. And we look forward, maybe you haven't been able to come back yet, come to the nine o'clock service. If you're not ready to come back yet, you know we are online for you. We look forward to that. But we have that mass service at nine o'clock, why? Because we want you to come back when you're ready. And if uh, having a mask on will get you back here, we are committed to it. And I appreciate how positive everybody has been about that. That's what the choice family is. But what about your family? Do you know Jesus as your savior? Is it in your heart today? What about your children and your grandchildren? Do you know that they have asked Christ to be their savior and that they're walking with him? Why don't you pray for them right now? And very possibly, there's been some atmospheres in your home, maybe years ago or maybe even this morning. You need to say to your kids or your spouse, hey, I am sorry, will you forgive me? It's gotta be in your heart first. And then pour it out to your children and your grandchildren. We've got to live it out by walking and talking. That spiritual growth, becoming a disciple that Jesus wants. If you're listening this morning, you don't know Jesus as Savior, call upon him. He is the one and only God. He is so awesome that he allowed his son to leave the glories of heaven and ultimately to die on a cross that our sins could be forgiven. Through his death, through the shedding of his blood, 
his burial and his resurrection. And Jesus, a few days after that, ascended to heaven and he's waiting for you and I to call upon him. Just say something like this, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And right now I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive my sins. By faith, I trust you as Savior. What a great decision to make. If you have a loved one that's not saved, go ahead and pray for them right now. Or if we think of spiritual growth, as the music plays, just bow your heads. And if you're comfortable praying out loud, would you just pray for your own family? Pray for yourself. Pray for this new series that we move into. In just a moment, I'm going to close us in prayer. Dads, just go ahead and pray. Mom, maybe you step out. Or even one of the young people. As you continue praying, don't stop. If you're praying as a family or as an individual, you keep praying. But as this song says, God, I surrender all. Father, we come to you. The one and only God, our heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, and we pray through the Holy Spirit, that you would minister to each person that is listening to this message today. We have sang your praises. We can see it in nature. We can see it through one another, and we can see it through your word. And as Moses commanded his followers, right before they entered the promised land, to hear your word, I pray that we would hear your word but may we not be forgetful hearers, but to live it out. And help us to walk and talk the scriptures in those times when our children ask, grant us wisdom to speak according to your word. Thank you that the truth sets us free. I pray that you would deliver some people from some kind of bondage in their own family life today. Set us free that we can love and serve you, that we can love and serve one another. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Pray God does some great things in your life. Just a couple things I want to remind you about. If you are new here and would like information, just text WELCOME to 540 346 4917. Just text welcome to that number, or if you've been around and you just want to continue getting information, text Luke to that same number. If you'd like to give by way of, of your phone, you can just simply text 84321. You can go to the church app or even to the website if you'd like to, to give uh, to the ministry here at Choice. And just one more week of the kids' Super Bowl. Next Sunday, next Sunday's the Super Bowl, but 
Our Super Bowl is bringing in canned food. We have the unicorns and the dragons, and the dragons go dragons. Hey, bring some things, young men. Want to make sure we have a, a fun time and that we minister to people in our community. Also, men's bonfire coming up, our small groups, as we've been saying, sign up, get connected, have those family devotions, and then join us here next week, 9 a.m. mass service, 10.30, our regular service, and we pray that God just does a great work in your life. Thank you so much for being here. Enjoy the beautiful day that God has given to us, and may your family walk and talk the truth. Amen.